on the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome everybody to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey here, joined again by James Kwan. Today we're breaking down the Celtics start to the season, weighing in on our new and returning pieces. Before it's all said and done, we're going to preview the next week of games, but first things first, one minute apiece, we're going to go over our best and worst takeaways from the first three games. Opening night, we grabbed a one-point win over the Bucks. We got blown out by the Nets on Christmas. Took a one-point loss to the Pacers on Monday. James, one minute. Give me your best and worst takeaways from the Celtics' first three games. It's tough, man. I actually feel like I got a lot of things to get off my chest about the Celtics yeah. this one weekend. But if I have to like succinctly put it, you know, I got to say that the, the best thing is that I do think that even – I'm going to go into why I feel like the, so far Tatum hasn't been perfect. But I do think that Jalen Brown and Tatum, like they are the starting pieces of the offense, which, you know – it's not like we could have gone anywhere else, but it is nice to see them take that step. The worst thing is, is that it's almost the same as the strength, is that we have these two guys, but outside of that, we kind of struggle to shoot the ball sometimes. Uh, we're like 26th in like points like per game right now. It's only three games, but that's a that's a scary thing when we look at like a five minute stretch of just like, man, we look like JV, like we can't score the ball. Uh, there's nowhere to go. And Tatum needs to rest. Brown needs to rest sometimes. Um, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, Tristan Thompson can evolve into like a 15-9 guy or Peyton Pritchard is, is the white Steph Curry. But uh, it's, something's got to happen. Something's got to give. And we can't go one and two for the you know three-game stretches for the rest of the year. So I'm not feeling that optimistic. I'm not going to lie, Dylan. I'm not going to lie. My reaction is very much the same. It's only three games, and you can't judge a season off of three games. But my my best thing is that Tatum and Brown look like they're firing on all cylinders, just that we needed them to be, like, 20-point-a-game scorers every night, and that's what they've been doing. They've been leading us in points and field goals per game, which, like, if that didn't happen, then we'd actually be screwed. So yeah. I'm encouraged to see that they're, they're putting the work in. But, yeah, this offense completely lacks any kind of firepower. We have no third of scoring option. And it's been difficult to watch whenever they're not both on the floor at the same time. All right, so we'll get we'll just get straight into it. The season we've gone through three games, and it's only three games, but our fears and our like worries about this season have like very much come out in these three games. Our fears that like we're not deep enough and we're too inexperienced, and like we've lost all the depth that we've had the last few years that has helped us so much. Uh, it's it's kind of proven to be the the, the Achilles heel of this team. Um, yep. I guess let's, let's start with the Bucks. The Bucks it was an encouraging game. Opening night, um, we grabbed a one-point win over them. Giannis, yeah. Milton, and Holiday had 35, 27, and 25. So that's their big three, and they all played super well, and we still grabbed a win. So that's encouraging. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the, the Bucks. We, we can all agree that that shot was lucky. The Tatum shot was lucky. He missed it so badly that it banked in. Yeah. And I'm going to go into this a little bit more like in the next few games, but... I think that we can agree that ever since the bubble last year, I think Tatum has kind of lost the clutch gene. Like, like that that shot was lucky. And it, yeah, you can say like he hit it. It's, you know, that's what you got to do is put the ball in the basket at the end of the game. But, you know, going back to that, you know, the, the step back on Paul George like last year, 
the bubble onwards, like we haven't seen those moments. In fact, and, and I'm not talking just, you know, the last 10 seconds. I'm talking about clutch time, last five minutes of the fourth quarter. Tatum has done this thing where he stalls the offense. I don't think I've seen a single uh, Tatum fadeaway go in this year. Like, I know you've been practicing with Kobe, but you're not there yet. And it's it's sad to see that, you know, with guys like Donovan Mitchell that are in that same draft class, taking that step to be clutch players, stepping up and making the right play, you know, come down to when it really matters. This guy kind of can't really seem to do anything right when it comes down to, to that time. And that's not what we're used to seeing from Tatum. And if he's not that guy that we can go to in the last four minutes of the game, we're going to do what we've been doing since the bubble, which is choke. We're going to choke every big game. And it, what we're one, we, like, think about this. We are one lucky, lucky, lucky shot away from being 0-3. Like, that is the only reason why we're even slightly optimistic is that we beat the Bucks on a BS shot, which I think I, is concerning. I know, like, you don't call bank, you call game. Like, there's no questioning <laughs> to bank for the win, but it, it was a lucky shot. And I have a stat here from Twitter. So Tatum, in the last 10 seconds of a game that's tied or we're down by one, his last six field goal attempts, all of them are step backs or fadeaways, five threes, one make, and all of them are ISO. So down by one or game tied, five threes, one make, all our step backs or fadeaways, all our ISO. Like you don't need to take a step back three with like, it's, it's, the, it's the end of the Pacers game. Takes right. a step back three with six seconds on the shot clock, like does nothing with the ball, just holds it. Like you need to, to go to the rim. Like that's what you do. You're Jason Tatum. So it's frustrating in that. But I, I, I honestly like the, the Brown and Tatum offense, I think has been more encouraging like, I see what they're trying to do where yeah. Tatum and Brown are on either side of the wings. They get a, when we have the lineup that goes Tatum, Brown, Smart, and then Thompson and Tice, let's say you have Tatum and Tice do a pick and roll. Tatum can shoot it, drive, or throw it down to Tice on the roll, or go back up to the top of the key for Smart for an open three. If Smart doesn't have an open three, he gives it to Brown. And then Brown and Thompson yeah. do the same thing on the other side. So when that five is out there, we're running an offense that, you know, maybe maybe the people catch on to, but like it works for having our two stars. So I like what Brad's doing, like putting the ball in their hands. Like they're clearly running this offense. They have like taken way more shots than everyone else on the team combined, but they've combined for over half our points every night. And we do not have a definable third scorer. And we also don't have anyone that can like become a third scorer. Like Jeff Teague puts up, you know, 18 points or whatever. Like, that's great, but you're never going to get like 20 plus a night from Jeff Teague. Like there's no one on this team that secretly has hidden abilities to score 20 points a night, except for maybe Peyton Pritchard. But like, it's a lot to ask from a guy. He went five and five against the Pacers for 13 points. And that was super encouraging. I hope that he gets to shoot more, but in a game like the Nets, we lose by 30 because we just, we just don't have the firepower. Like the, the, against the Nets, Kyrie and KD, were the only players to score in double digits. Karis LeVert had 10. But other than that, yeah. it was just Kyrie and KD. And we can do that with Smart and Tatum. But the problem is the rest of this super depth stacked Nets team each had like eight, nine points a piece. Like they had a lot of other pieces. Whereas, you know, Tatum and Brown combined for 60, we're scoring 90 points. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I'll push back on that. I don't know if we can do that with Tatum and Brown. I don't know if Tatum and Brown are Kyrie and KD, and I know that's hard to say, but that's the step that they're going to have to take for us to become a team like the Nets, and I don't think they have that in them. And for a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, that Bucks game was like kind of a facade. Like aside from like the BS shot that had us winning the game, that was like Teague's only good game in the in the first three. Like 
in my mind, Teague is shooting like I think he's shooting like twenty six percent from the field. Uh, there he he does that like floater. Like there's often times where he he pump fakes, he goes inside. And whatever shot he puts up, it looks like he's kind of hooking up like a medicine ball. Like it doesn't really have like a shot at all. And it, it's concerning because this is supposed to be our Kemba relief, right? Like he's not Kemba, but he's what makes that wounds like a little, it hurts a little bit less because we have this guy. And if he can't be that guy, you're completely right. Tatum and Brown can both, both score 30 points and it won't even matter in a lot of nights. I think that's what we saw from the Nets. And, I, you know, I'm going to be real. The Nets game was frustrating because it, we should have been up by like 10 points at half. In, in essence, like if you actually watch like the first half, sometimes we just turn into like town league. Like, like we, we look like a town league team and I, I'm going to blame Brad Stevens. I know we harp on this a lot, but this is like the lineup you were talking about before is the perfect lineup to run Horns offense with. And sometimes we do run some kind of system. But it doesn't really seem like he has a lot of authority in, in terms of like what shots go up and like what are we doing, um, which needs to needs to you know be fixed going forward, or else we're not going to be teams in the Nets, and we're going to be in close games with teams like the Pacers. A problem in the last couple of years is that we've had so many good players that we've had to go ISO so much. Like when we have like Hayward and Kemba yeah. also out there, like we go we kind of like can't move the ball as much. So this year, I think we have done a better job sharing the ball, but that's because. There's no one that's confident enough to make a play and shoot. There's no one like you give it to Semi, yeah. he gives it over to Grant, he gives it over to Smart. Like, who's going to be the one to like break the defense? It's 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 not been easy to watch. I gotta say, like I know it's putting our best five guys out there, but I hate the Tice Thompson lineup because it leads oh to God. way too many Tice jump shots. I've seen it, it hurts me so much watching Mima that Tice has had to shoot these last few games. He can't shoot. He, he hasn't had to shoot. Can Okay, and you know me. I've always been down on Tice. I think he's a below average player. I really do. In my heart, I don't have the Stockholm Syndrome like a lot of our Celtics fans have. It's like, oh no, he actually does a lot of good. No, he's an undersized center who can't shoot threes and he takes too many of them. Why is he taking... There's probably seven guys on the team you would rather have take a three than Tice. Yet he's out there like... I just don't understand it. And here's the thing. Robert Williams... Though he did make a, a, a you know a boneheaded play late in that Pacers game to foul Sabonis, and he goes to the line. Sabonis doesn't end up making the free throw, but it was a boneheaded foul. He was making some great plays before that. He was a he part of that four, steal. He had four steals that night. Yeah, he, he was, was a part great. of that steal that led up to the Marcus Smart layup that I thought was going to win the game. And if he's this energy guy that can do all the things that Tice can't do, which is be a physical you know force inside, I don't see why we don't have Robert Williams and, and Thompson. Um, just on, on, on the, I know Brad likes to play positionless basketball and whatnot, but do we really need to have five people on the floor shooting threes? Like, no, I think that like, let's, let's lean into our strengths. Our strengths are that we got wings and that's about it scoring wise. So let's just have like the biggest possible guys that will grab as many rebounds to give us as many shots as possible. I don't know if Tice has a place on this team going forward. If we're talking about playoff basketball, you know, he's not a guy you can, you can keep on the floor late in a game. We saw that in the Pacers game. He wasn't there. So why start him? Why give him the minutes? Uh, it's confusing to me. I don't know what kind of, I guess Brad has always liked Tice for some reason. You know, Ainge has picked this guy out of Germany. He has some kind of pride in him. But we have to agree. I mean, Robert Williams should be getting his minutes, right? Like, I'm not crazy for saying that. Tice goes on the floor, and when he gets, like, this shot, he's wide open, top of the key. 
I think that he has to shoot in that situation because if he doesn't shoot, then we're never going to get like an open player because they know that our four can just like not hit a shot outside of the paint. But he can't shoot that shot. So I agree yeah. with you. Like, there's like, why, I don't know why we're pretending that he can. Like, I like the job that Semi's been doing in that spot, although Semi has not been perfect, but he's definitely having, I think, a better season so far than last year. And same with Robert Williams. Robert Williams has gotten a lot better. And I, I want to look at more positive things, but before we do, I just want to get. Grant Williams is the worst shooter <laughs> in the NBA. It's it's so bad. Like he, he might be the least talented offensive player in the NBA. Uh, I, will I give thought you that. that I thought that like last year was a fluke that he missed his first thirty three point attempts. Like how is the shot not going in? He's so bad. He misses everything. <laughs> I can't believe it. Like I thought that he'd be better this year. I thought like Grant Williams. He's solid on defense. He's got a lot of energy. Like if he can just like like. I don't even know if he could figure it out a little bit on offense. He could be like our four and he's so yeah. bad. He's so bad. Doesn't know what to no. do with the ball at all. It, we have a lot of guys on the team that like, I don't know if we're trying to make them feel better, but we're giving them shots and I just don't know why. Like, I feel like a lot of their teams, like you just know your role and, and guys, you know, goes all the way back to, you know, guys like Tony Allen and whatever, like they had their role and they knew that they were just never going to get the shot, the, the amount of shots that they wanted. And that was fine. Cause it can, it was conducive to winning basketball. But I don't know what we're doing. We could be diverting these shots into my opinion. And, and, you know, let's go back to, like, game by game. Like, let's look at Indiana. I think Indiana was a solid, like, because I think that they're a little bit more comparable to, to us in terms of the strength of roster. Like, I think it really showed, like, where we need to go. Like, Jalen Brown was 8 for 13. Um, I, don't, I think Jalen Brown should be getting more than 13 shots. I just do. I think we should be considering – it should Jalen Brown be the go-to guy in the clutch? Should Jalen Brown be the guy that we're dumping a lot of shots to? Why not? Um, I, I like I don't. I think that Tatum being like, oh yeah, of course we're getting more shots than Jalen Brown. Why not both? Why not equal? Um, I think that he needs more opportunity. He hasn't been hitting threes at like a high volume this year, but he's the guy who gets like the smart basket. He's more of a guaranteed bucket than than Tatum this year. I don't see why we take away Tice's. A three is on top of the key to, to give them to Jalen Brown. It's not like, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel that we score more points that way. Um, and I think Peyton Pritchard being five for five and, you know, him showing that he can be efficient and stuff. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not saying I'm not totally down on Teague, but I'm, if Marcus Smart is starting, what, who's to say that Peyton Pritchard shouldn't be the first guard off the bench if, if he's going to be playing this way. You know? We do. We need just. We need a third scorer. Like our third best yeah. player can't put up single digits in us to win games. So if it's going to be Pritchard, it's going to be Pritchard. We have to figure it out. I'm super disappointed that Nay Smith is not NBA ready. I'm tired of us using lottery picks on guys that can't play. Like we could have yeah. traded so many of these picks to get actual like 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 role players, and we keep just using these lottery picks on guys that can't get in the lineup. Like. I, I'm sure that he'll get better, and I'm sure Romeo will come back, and Romeo will be okay. But like where we sit right now, it's very frustrating that our lottery picks just keep falling flat. Like Danny, you're drafting these guys. Like it's been three games. I won't. I won't get too too yeah, hard no, on this. I was gonna bring that up though. That like Pritchard being good is frustrating because you're like, okay, we got the guy that Romeo was supposed to be last year. We got the guy that Neesmith was supposed to be. Like why did these two first round picks could have been packaged into like a Gordon Hayward deal or to anything else? But Ainge, I said it last time, and I'm not trying to give up hope on Ainge, but as someone who makes draft decisions, 
he's looking more and more like Jerry Jones to me as the years go by. As someone who's making those decisions, you know, like Jerry Jones, like really wanted to draft Johnny Manziel and it took every person in the draft room to tell him no. Like it, it was like literally everyone else had to say no. Like the fact that, oh my gosh, like the fact that we have like these guys, I know Carson was like a second rounder and like all these, but we have so many draft picks in the last three years that are just like absolute busts. And, and then we get, we get this like random white guy from Oregon and he's like, oh yeah, no, no, this, this is what we had all along. Like th- this is like what we needed all along. And it's like, well, then why not just, why are we stockpiling and, and like hoarding all these picks for no reason? Yeah, no, I, okay. And so to go along with that, the draft picks like this year have like Pritchard's been showing up, Naismith we still have to see, but the free agent signings, I think that Teague is like kind of what we thought Teague would be. Like he's good at, he's good at handling the basketball. We saw one of these three games, he had a good impact. The other games, he looked like normal Jeff Teague, where he you don't have bad against the Nets. He okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But where, where I'm at, where the jury is still out for me is with Tristan Thompson. I, I'm still not sure, because I, I love watching him a lot of the time. Yeah, he's like saved some balls out of bounds like, and gotten us extra possessions and stuff. And I am a huge fan of that, because he's the only guy to do that the last decade on this team. But we just played against Miles Turner. Miles Turner had like four blocks against us. When you looked at... Thompson and Turner side by side. Did you feel like you wish that Turner was on our team? Because I don't know. He like he's not the inside scoring point. presence that he, he's like. We need an inside scoring presence. Like just factually, like we don't have a guy inside that can do a post move and score. And I think Miles Turner would be the best player on our team. I don't know that he would be good enough to like value his minutes. I don't know. What do you think? I just want to say, man, that I, when I brought up the name Miles Turner to like our little Celtics group chat, I got shat on because he's soft. What does that even mean? The NBA is soft. Like, like what, what is being tough even get you nowadays? Because you know what? Tristan Thompson is tough. And he's, you're right, against like the Nets especially, he showed a lot of heart. He's a Celtic. Like, he, he, I, that's why like, I, I want to love him so much because I do think he hustles. He's gritty. He's a guy that other people on other teams probably don't like. And that's what I love about him. But he's not a guy with one single post move. He's somewhat, he's somehow ambidextrous, but can't use either hand to finish inside. Like, <laughs> and I, like, and Miles Turner's a guy who, who not only has post moves, not only is a shot blocker, but is a three point shooter. What Tice is it? He's all that we needed, and yeah, we couldn't get him, and that's frustrating. But Teague, I think it's less of a pass because. I, I, I want to see more from him as a playmaker. I don't think that – I know Marcus Smart's starting, so he should have more assists than Teague and whatnot. But we more just as much as we need scoring, what does scoring come from? It comes from good passes. And I don't think Teague has shown that playmaking ability yet. But, yeah, to answer your question directly, I would have liked to see Miles Turner out there, and I think it's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it was – because, uh, like – Thompson, I think, out-rebounded him, but again, Turner yeah. gets four blocks, and Thompson, I think, had one last night, and Thompson doesn't look like a guy that's going to be, like, blocking shots all night. He just looks like he's going to be a good presence down there, but it's important to remember that we didn't lose Turner for Tristan Thompson. We lost Turner right. for a trade exception, so the jury's still that's out. True. Like, Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge needed to m- make something happen, and he just, he bought himself time by getting the trade exception, so jury's still out on whether or not it was going to be a good move. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the, like, there's no one confident enough on this team to like go drive to the back. Like, like Jeff Teague still isn't confident enough to like get a screen and go like take a contested shot at the rim because everyone knows their role is to support Brown and Tatum. 
So that's, I think, I think that's why we have no third score. That's why no one's putting up over 10 points except for Tatum and Brown is because everyone is trying to play around them, which is how our offense should work. But no one's confident enough to just go and like take a jump shot or drive to the rim that isn't named Tatum and Brown. Yeah. And that, that has to get figured out. Someone needs to get confident or just like needs to make something happen. Step up. I, I think you're completely right. We need an inside scoring presence. And I think we can both agree that when Horford left, like there was a noticeable change in this team, like in just the way that the ball moves, like mm-hmm. in the field, like that we you're we've really missed that. We really missed that. And I know like with Kyrie, like we were trying to clean house a little bit, like reset the culture, but maybe we threw the baby out with the bathwater and realized that maybe he was worth a little bit more money than like like honestly, I don't know his current contract is just stupid. But with the trade exception, off. we could go get Al Horford straight up. <laughs> I don't want his contract, but you shave off like, you know, 10 mil, like off that entire thing. And it's not as ridiculous. And truth be told, he did play such a bigger role in the team that we all originally thought. And you don't know what you have until it's gone. And I think that looking at all the things that we need right now, it's just like, man, Horford, just like he was the guy, like all the threes that Tice is taking, like that was, the, those were his shots. And like, the fact that he was also like a facilitator, like he can literally just like, he would just like, there'd be times you'd just be like sick of all the BS and just like demand the ball, get it like on, you know, the elbow or something and just make it happen. And yeah. that's just not, it's been completely non-existent since then. Al Horford, last year we were one Al Horford away from going to the finals. If Al Horford is yeah. guarding Bam Adebayo, we're, we're going to beat the Heat. Just plain and yeah. simple. Um, no, I bet actually, that's a good transition into a little, a little mini game here. And in a vacuum, which starting five would you rather have for an entire NBA season? Which starting five? Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and then Tristan Thompson or Daniel Tice. Those five guys are five guys. Or Kyrie Irving, Terry Rozier, Marcus Morris, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford. Well, I don't think that that's like really like a this, like a comparable thing. Like, I think that, um, I mean, obviously the first one. Obviously the uh, Okay. I, because here's the thing, like Kyrie, like it's not that Kyrie was like, he was just a bad fit. And I think that yeah. with the, the Nets thing, we have to like, we have to be like a little, the Nets look good so far. And, you know, prayers up for Spencer Dinwiddie, like hopefully like he can come back for them the year. But we've yet to see the biggest problem with that team potentially like evolve, which is the players get sick of Kyrie's shit. And people are sick of Katie and Kyrie's like, you know, treatment that isn't equal to the rest of the team. Like that's all gonna happen in due time. And that's what we saw with the Celtics was that like initially Kyrie was great. Of course, we loved Kyrie. That the fact that he could score like at, at any point, you know, you get something for IT, but like then things got ugly, you know? Yeah. So that's why, I'm, that's why I'm gonna go with the first line, just based, pretty much based upon that entirely. I agree with you that the first lineup just is gonna play better together. I don't think that Kyrie and Terry and Marcus Morris are would able to be to coexist. Um, but I ask because it was so frustrating to play the Pacers and realize the Pacers are deeper than us. Like we're a team that used to have the oh, guys 100%. that we have, plus Kyrie, Terry, Hoyt Hayward, Marcus Morris, Horford. We were so deep. We had two full starting lineups of players, and now we have two starting caliber players. How far we have fallen. But it's been three games, and I want to look ahead to this next five games, this next week. Um, we play the Pacers again in like yep. six hours. Play the Grizzlies without J.A. Prayers up for J.A. Or uh, Ja, excuse me. Uh, we play the Pistons, the Raptors, and the Heat. 
I think the Grizzlies and Pistons are two wins. I think we play the Pacers again and the Raptors. I think we'll the Raptors are one. I think that we'll split those games. I'm going to call it one-on-one. I think that maybe we lose to the Heat because the Heat are a team that has it figured out and has a lot of depth. So I think we go three and two this week. And my key to look for, uh, I'm looking for a third score. It, it, like at the beginning of the year, I was worried about Marcus Smart taking 20 shots and like doing terribly. But like I'm down for Marcus Smart to go drive to the rim and take contested layups. Someone's got to do it. So I'm looking for anyone, if it's Pritchard, if it's Naismith, if it's whoever it needs to be, Someone needs to be a third scorer and average more than 10 points a game in these next five games. No, that's I, my, I agree. I agree. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, us not being able to contain Sabonis is, like, a bad sign. Because uh, that's supposed to be what, I guess, we brought in TT for and why, you know, we, we're hoping that Robert Williams regresses even further. But Robert Williams is better than he was last year, and TT is an improvement. So us going against the Heat... You can say that we're one Al Horford away from being the Heat. I think we're one TT away from being the Heat, too. I really do. I, we're just we're one big man away from being the Heat. So maybe I'm a little more optimistic than you are. But I think we beat the Pacers. I think there's no way we, we get we get being twice. You know, maybe in six hours I get I get proven wrong. But I think that we beat them. I think the Grizzlies are a pretty sure win. Though they did look good without Jaw after, you know, he did get injured. I think the Pistons are a sure win. Raptors, I don't know. We doubt them every year, and it's not smart to bet against Nick Nurse, but they got the same problems we do. Like, they get less and less deep every year, and I think that I think they're substantially worse, um, you know, the more years that go by that they don't make a move. And then the Heat, you know, that's going to be a toss-up game. But I will say that the Heat series, like, us playing our absolute worst in every second half of every game in that series, like, the way that we were playing it sometimes, like, I really thought of like we maybe deserve to get swept like and that's true the fact that just on sheer talent alone we could stick into like that's what has me hoping and even further than these like next games like just for the future of this season like on talent alone we we are going to be a factor and i think we have to hold on keep the faith and that like and you know we we're not yeah, we, we might have – Tatum or Brown might be the centerpieces, but you know how many teams would love to have a guy like Tatum on their team? You know, Absolutely. A team like the Pacers. So I don't think the season's dead. This has no. not been a great three, three games. games. Um, but I, I will say it's, it's more about how it's looked than the actual record that has me a little bit concerned. So, yeah, we, we were pretty overwhelmingly negative today just because a lot of our fears about this team, a lot of our fears just like I'm glad kind we of got this through. out. I'm glad we got this out. But like, it was like now, a therapy let's, session. Now that we can take a second to breathe, we're going to make the playoffs no matter what. So when you think about that, we have time for these guys to develop and we can, in the time that Kemba is gone, figure out what we need to use the trade exception on, what we need to add to this team. And then we got halfway through the season. Hopefully Kemba's back. We've traded for a $30 million caliber player. And we're looking really good to go into the a playoff stretch. So I'm not worried. I hope we can figure it out this week. But if we don't figure it out this week, it's a long season and shouldn't get too bogged down over three games. Um, that's going to do it. Any have any final thoughts, James? Any final well wishes for these guys? Man, I, I just hope that Brad Stevens can can grow a pair of cojones and, and, and be the head coach of this team. And if that happens, I think we're good. I miss that Brad wearing all. suits. He looks so cute in those suits. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Week, week, week two, week one is over. Uh, we're looking at the next five games. Hopefully we can pull some of these out. Um, 
enjoy some Celtics basketball this week. Despite sure. the two losses, it is so great to be back. It is great to be back. Let's get it. Go Celtics. Bye, everybody.